There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Sides were taking over. All these issues. Has anybody been getting free from some issues? Or excuse me, week two of all these issues. Anybody been getting free from some issues? All right, let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing for just one second. I want you to see this. Uh, I want you to go down to, uh, let's get here. Go to Exodus chapter 1, verse number 8. We're going to read verse number 8 down to verse number 14. Say, Lord, heal me from my issues. We all got issues, and if you think you have none, you have the most. Because you're in denial. (laughs) Can't get healed if you're not real first. Exodus chapter 1, verse number 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who didn't know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too mighty for us. Verse 10. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. He says, If they ever figure out who they are, they're going to be dangerous. If they ever get free from their issues, they're going to be dangerous. Just encourage somebody next to you and say, You haven't seen the best of me yet. Now, try somebody else that'll shout after you say that. Say, you haven't seen the best of me yet. Yeah. If war breaks out, they'll join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. Uh, They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. Verse 12. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. In other words, the more issues that they had, the more increase God gave them. I need you to take, before I even get into this word, five seconds to give God glory that the number of your issues has just announced to you the number of increase God wants to bring into your life. I need you to take five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Somebody say, Lord, increase me. It says the more they were afflicted, the more they increased. 
The more issues they had, the more increase they saw. Which means some of y'all need to get excited because the second quarter of this year is about to bring some increase into your life. Increase of joy. Increase of favor. Increase. Not just stuff. Verse 12, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad, and the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. Look at me. What you think you're afraid of is actually afraid of you. I says, you have no need to fear depression. Depression is scared of you. You have no need to fear drama. Drama is scared of you. Verse 13, so they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves, and they made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar, and breaking and all kinds of work in the field and all the work they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Jesus, I need you to take this word and like a master artist of tapestry, I need you to tailor make this word for us, your people today. I pray that as this word goes forth, Father, that your word would answer every question it speak to every issue, that as this message is going forward, people would think that cameras have been in their house over the last three months. Because I pray that you speak with such clarity today that everybody under the sound of my voice leaves with an assurance that greatness is already in them and already around them and that you're using their issues to cause increase for them. We speak it now. I declare no hindrance. I declare no blockage. Nothing stopping this word from going forth with power today. In Jesus' name, all the 915 said amen. Do me a favor. Introduce today's message to somebody on your left and your right and just say saved but got some scars. Saved but got some scars. You, you can be seated. Uh, we are in this series called All These Issues aimed at getting real so we can heal. And we've learned so far in our series y'all that our biggest issue is our perception. We learned from Jesus in Luke chapter 11 verses 34 through 35 that our perception can be poisoned. Jesus says if your eye is healthy your body is healthy but if your eye is unhealthy then your life is unhealthy. In other words he says your biggest issue that you will face is not discouragement it's not depression it's none of that. He says your biggest issue is how you look at it. In other words it's not what you're seeing it's how you look at it let me say it another way it's not what you're looking at it's how you see it say Lord heal my perception we learned that our perception can be poisoned by people it can be poisoned by pain it can be poisoned by problems and our past and poisoned perceptions cause us we learned last week to misspeak you will say things that are not true but it's only because you're looking from a poisoned perception you will miscategorize you will put those that you should not have close to you close to you and put those that you should uh, have close to you you'll push them away uh, the david's mighty man his name was joab he said to David, he said, David, you have an issue because you have a perception problem. See, David was rejected as a young man at the age of 16 by his father because his father didn't think he was good enough to be king. So he didn't even invite him into the house where the man of God was coming to the house to announce a new king. Which means from ages 16 until 30, when David finally took the throne, David had a bad perception. Y'all not talking to me. And so this bad perception, even though he had power, he had a bad perception. Even though he had position, he had a bad perception. Watch me. Even though he had money, he still had a bad perception. Could it be that your greatest issue is not what you lack, but it's in how you see? Could it be that your greatest issue is not what you lack, but it's in how you look at what you think you lack? Because the Bible says that God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, which means everything I need, I already have. But if I don't see it that way, I'll walk around as a victim when I should be a victor. I'll walk around thinking I'm the bottom when I'm really the head. I Say, Lord, heal my perception. 
So he miscategorized. David hated those that loved him. He loved those that hated him. Not only will you misspeak, not only will you miscategorize, but watch me, you will mistake. You will look at something and you will literally call it something that it is not. You'll look at this table that's clearly a dark color and you'll call it yellow because when you looked at it, you saw the light. You didn't see what it really was. Not only that, you will misunderstand. Somebody say misunderstand. You fall out with people when you have bad perception because you didn't care, watch this, to understand. You just want it to be right. So when you want to be right, watch this, you'll fall away from people. You'll disappear from church. You'll disappear from folk that care about you. You'll stop responding to text messages. You'll stop responding to phone calls. Y'all ain't said nothing. You must think that that moves me. I'm here to tell somebody that today you're not going to walk out of here with the same perception issues that you walked in here with. Because you've wasted too much of your time and wasted too much of your life with faulty perception. Watch this, watch this, watch this. What happens is you will misunderstand. And when you misunderstand, you, you will look at situations always through the lenses of your being slighted. Always through the lenses of somebody's trying to get you. Because you, watch this, if you have a poison perception, you, watch this, you often spend your life trying to prove what you already believe you see rather than letting what you see change what you think you believe. Could it be, watch this, that your issue is, watch this, is that you have misunderstandings. And the song says, what I need from you is understanding to communicate. Listen to the words I say. But when you have a poison perception, you don't have conversations. All you have is confrontations. You just want to fight with people so that you can be right. You just want to start stuff with people so you can be right. Y'all not saying, that's why you text and don't talk because then, watch this, I don't have to look at what you had to say to me because now I can put the phone down and blame it on my emotions. But would you just do a road check because your neighbor, uh, watch this, your neighbor needs to get free today. Would you just shake their arm like you're going to shake it off and just say, God's fixing your perception. I rebuke every mistake. I rebuke every misspeak. I rebuke every miscategorization, every misunderstanding, because you don't have time to waste in 2019. Why, Bishop? 2019 is your year of manifestation. It's your year of fruitfulness, which means you're going to see what you've sown for. You're going to possess what you prayed for, but you can't do it if you can't see right. Last thing we learn that happens when you have a poison perception is that you misbehave. Many of the issues that we need miracles for because, watch this, our perception causes us to defy and dishonor God's word. So Hebrews 10, 36 says this. You can write it down uh, for your own time. It says, for you have need of endurance, for after you who have obeyed the word, you shall receive the promise. Here's what happens when you have a poison perception. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And God, I need you to bless me. God, I'm not giving, but I need you to give me a new job. Y'all ain't talking. God, I'm not going to forgive, but you sure better love me and forgive me. God, I'm not going to treat people right, but these sons of guns better treat me right. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do, but Lord, you sure better come through. And can I tell you, the only place that type of Christianity exists is in a poison perception. Because God is not some, watch this genie in a bottle where you rub them the right way. God is not some girl on the street where if you pay them enough money, they'll do what you need them to do. God says, I am king of kings, I'm lord of lords. And God says, you're going to do it my way. They like it my way. But when you have a poison perception, you'll think, I don't have to do that. When you have a poison perception, you will see the rules and say, but they don't apply to me. When you have a poison, y'all not talking to me. When you have a poison perception, you will see what the expectation is and say, well, everybody else better make sure they're doing it, but I'm not doing that. 
Wednesday, we learned that those perception problems can fall into three categories. Watch this. As in the natural, in the spiritual. So sp natural things teach us spiritual principles. First is when you are nearsighted. This is when perception poisons how you see the future so you have no hope. You're discouraged. We looked at that on Wednesday when, when some of us believed fake news on Wednesday and thought it was a blizzard. Touch your neighbor and say, it was not a blizzard. In fact, when church started, the streets were just wet. Now, while we was in here, they got a little slick. But you went to work on Thursday. It's quiet in the church. <laughs> That's why I don't like canceling. Because see, what happens when you start canceling stuff is then people expect you to cancel. Oh, there's some flurries. Oh, hey, probably going to cancel. Nope. No more cancellations. I listen, we can be under blizzard threat warning. Mike Nelson come out and do the tornado dance himself. And I'm, That's nice, Mike. We have church, though. We have church. I'm just joking. We keep you safe. Watch me. Um, uh, if you are nearsighted, you have cynicism about the future. You don't even like to talk about it. The discussion of the future discourages you. Because you thought you would have accomplished certain things by now. And since you haven't accomplished those things by now, you're discouraged about your future. But I need you to prophesy to your neighbor, lay your hand on their shoulder, and just say, there is hope for your future. Your greatest days are not behind you. They, are, in fact, aren't even ahead of you. Can I just speak to you prophetically? They are here right now. Open up your eyes and see the great things God has placed around you. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Second, second perception problem is when you're farsighted. When you're farsighted, here's what happens. Your perception poisons how you see the present, so you feel defeated. You wake up defeated. You wake up tired. You go to work defeated and tired. You didn't even iron your clothes to go to work because you woke up defeated. You just said, I don't really care what the day has to bring. I, I, I just, I, I just I'm, I'm tired. Can I speak to some of you who have said, I'm overwhelmed. No, 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 no. You're farsighted. You feel defeated, and you feel defeated because your perception has been poisoned by people. Your perception, watch this, because there's certain people who will bring up certain things to try to make you feel a certain type of way. Y'all not talking to me. Your perception gets poisoned because, watch this, your present problems have you thinking that you're never going to get out of this mess. You're never going to get out of this drama. You're never going to get out of this issue. Well, I got good news. They said the same thing about Jesus. They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth means bowl. They said, he's not just in a valley. He's in a bowl, which means there is no beginning. There is no end. Every time he tries to get up, he only gets knocked back down. But can I speak into your life that this too shall pass? And can we go old school church? Trouble don't last always. The third type of perception problem you can have is an astigmatism. Uh, this is where, watch this, literally the eye has the, the optics of the eye have the inability to focus because when light comes into the eye, it cannot focus on anything. Check me. So watch this. So what happens is in spiritually is that you, watch this, are distracted because you're not focused. You make no progress because you're not focused. So what happens when you have a perception problem is you spend your whole day trying to figure out what you're going to do. You spend the day planning, and by the time you get to the end of the day, you're tired from planning. You didn't actually make progress. But today, I prophesy into somebody's life, watch this, stop telling people you're busy. Busy doesn't mean productive. I prophesy into your life that you shall be productive. Productive means you're going to have some progress to show for your life. If you believe that, throw your hands up and say, I receive that. 
I declare you're not going to get tired just from planning. I declare you're not going to get tired from making out your list. You're going to have a focus this week starting today like you never had before. Why? Not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. God's going to have to help you. Somebody say, Lord, help me. Watch. So, so today I want to ask you this question. How many of our current issues are from past scars? A scar is a mark left where a wound, burn, or sore, watch me, has not healed completely. Whoa. A scar means that it was not healed completely. And here's what happens. So a fibrous connective tissue develops. What does that mean? I learned to live unhealed. Wow. I learned to live with issues. Wow. I learned to live with stress. Wow. I learned to live with dysfunctional relationships because I don't want to do the work to make it better. I just want to complain about it. I learned to live with what's unhealed. And while it's easy to see these physically, it's easy to see these physically. Anybody got some scars physically? It's easy to see. Okay. It's easy to see those physically. I want to ask you this question. What about the scars in your soul, though? What about the ones in your mind? What about the ones in your thoughts that keep replaying over and over again? What about the ones in your will? Your will is scarred because the last time you got serious about following God, watch this, you didn't realize there was going to be some falls along the way. And so now you're scared to, to bust a move because you're afraid that you might make the wrong move. So now you make no move, but you're stuck on the boat. And the only way to actually make some progress is step out of the boat and walk on the water. But you're scared to walk on water because the last time you tried to walk on water, you drowned. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Uh, what about those scars in your emotions, the things they said to you? You're stupid. You're fat. You're too skinny. You're too dark. You're too white. You're too black. You're too this. You're too that. You're too. What about the scars that nobody else can see or even feel but you? I bet you don't know your whole row has been through hell. And it's a miracle that they're still standing. It's a miracle that after the abusive relationship, they're still here. It's a miracle that after the molestation, they're not doing the same thing that was done to them to somebody else. It's a miracle that after the rape, they still decided that God is my source. It's a miracle that after they were rejected and abandoned by their own mama, by their own daddy. But it's a miracle. Somebody say, I'm a miracle. That ain't how you say it when you believe it. Say, I'm a miracle. Here's what it is. It's over, but the scar's still there. So you become used to living with what's unhealed. And this happened to the children of Israel, y'all, in the Bible, who Acts 7.38 says is a representation of us. So whenever you read the children of Israel, Acts 7.38 says that they're the church in the wilderness, or the congregation in the wilderness, which means whenever you read them, the Bible really says you're reading you. That's deep, right? Because we look at the children of Israel and we'll be like, how could they do that? And God is like, that's you. You, you see it right there? Now, now, now look at this. In Exodus, in Exodus, X, that means out of, Odus, the trip out of. In Exodus 12, 41, watch this verse. You ready? You ready? <laughs> Exodus 12, 41. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Look at me. They were an overnight success that was 430 years in the making. You missed that. I don't try this side of the church because y'all ain't talking. It was an overnight success that was 430 years in the making. 
This is called the Passover, which will honor this Wednesday through Friday. But here's what's significant, y'all. Here's what's significant is that one might take a snapshot of their life on that night and say, whoa, how amazing. But no one took a snapshot of the 430 years of scars. And for 430 years, that's not just one generation, that's several generations. Watch this, where scars were passed down. This is how my mama talked to me. That's why I talked that way to you. That's how my daddy talked to me. That's why I talked that way to you. I've not seen consistency, so I don't know how to give consistency. I've not, I've not experienced faithfulness, so I don't know how to give faithfulness. So the scars that I have are passed down. And so you can take a snapshot of one night and say, how is it that so-and-so so messed up? This is why you can't desire to be a shooting star. Why? Because they fall fast. Because watch this. All exposure does is show everybody what's really going on anyhow. Which means, watch this. If you're not ready to handle the weight of exposure, if you're not ready to handle the weight of a big stage, if you're not ready to handle the weight of being in front of people, then you need to understand the best thing that can happen for you is God lets you get healed from your scars so that you're not a shooting star that falls fast. Can you take, watch this, three seconds and thank God for the stuff he didn't let you have yet because he knew you weren't ready for it because of your scars. Y'all don't even know how to praise him. Thank him for the stuff he said no to because he knew your scars were going to tear that stuff up. Shout yeah. Watch. So watch this. And one night they were saved from Egyptian slavery. When? One night. And it's the same way with salvation, which is the same as being born again or becoming a Christian. In one prayer, you're saved, but after salvation, we begin the process of change. That process in the Bible is called sanctification. Say it with me. If you go up old school church, they said, I'm saved and really though, are you? Because sanctification, watch this, from what, Bishop? Sanctify means to set apart. Say set apart. Watch this. You're set apart from what scarred you. I'm going to say it again. You're set apart from what scarred you in Egypt. Check this. While salvation got them out of Egypt, sanctification got the scars of Egypt out of them. You missed it, so I'm going to back that thing up, and I need you to come with me. Salvation got them out of Egypt in one night. One night, they went from the food stamp land uh, and the food stamp line, watch me, to where now they own more than what they could ever do something with. And one night, they went from a 450 FICO to an 850 FICO. Y'all ain't talking to me. And one night they went from the borrowers to the lenders. And one night the Bible says they plundered the Egyptians. They took all their gold. They took all their silver. They took clothes. They took cattle. They took livestock. A mixed multitude of over 2 million people left Egypt overnight. But you want to know what's funny? Is that it took 40 years to get the scars of Egypt out of them. I need you to catch this because... Salvation got them out of Egypt, but sanctification got the scars of Egypt out of them. That's what this series is. Egypt is coming out of you. I need you to prophesy. Say your first and last name. Say the scars are coming out of you. Say it like you mean it. Say the scars are coming out of you. And hear me, 915, you cannot fall away from God nor church while you're in the process of sanctification. Why? Because if you fall away, the only place to go back to is Egypt. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing good in Egypt. There's nothing good in the life you used to live. There's nothing good in the man you used to be. There's nothing good in the woman you used to be. And can I go here? You may not be where you want to be, but can you thank God you're not where you used to be? So, so 430 years salvation comes in one night and now they've got to spend 
40 years coming out of Egypt. Here's the question, or getting Egypt out of them. Here's the question. What happened to them in Egypt? What has happened to you in your Egypts of life? Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. We read the scripture, but now I want to break it down for you. Can we go Bible? Can I break it down for you? All right, watch this. Watch this. Touch your neighbor. So let's break dance this word. Who used the cardboard box and all that with the girl? Who did that? One. Thank you. Two. You did too? Come on here. In between church, we're going to do break dance and on the stage. Amen. I'm just joking. I just don't. Watch this. Exodus 1.8. There arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Joseph was this guy who who's had a lot of scars. The Bible says everywhere Joseph went, the Lord was with him, and the Lord favored him. He goes to, to jail, and the Bible says, and the Lord favored him. He became the warden of the jail he was in a prisoner in. You know God's hand is on you when the stuff that they want to kill you is the stuff that ends up making you. Ah. You know God is with you when the stuff they hope is going to take you down is the stuff that takes you up. You know God is with you when what should be your end ends up being a brand new beginning. Stop your neighbor high five and say, I know God is with me. A new king who doesn't know Joseph. So what's the first thing that happens in Egypt? They lack belonging. They feel like they don't belong anywhere. They feel like, I don't. where's my place? Where do I belong? And I need you to know when you stepped in here, you stepped into a place you belong. I said, you stepped into a place where you belong. I'm going to say it one more again because apparently you ain't speaking the king's English today. You stepped in a place where you belong. Which means you ain't got to search. You ain't got to wander no more. You ain't got to figure it out. Somebody say, I found where I fit. But in Egypt, one of the scars is I don't fit with anybody. So you get used to being, watch this, by yourself in the issues that you face when the truth is, is you are not by yourself. Here's verse 9. And he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. So here's the second scar that happens in Egypt is you are feared for your potential. You haven't even done anything. They're just scared that you might. You, 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 you got people coming against you for stuff and you're like, why are you fighting me for this? Like, this ain't even my best yet. This, this, I'm just warming up. We're just getting started and you're trying to start stuff. But because in Egypt, you are feared for potential. So now watch this. People will lash out at you just for your thought, just for your idea, just for your dream, just for your hope, just for you. To, just because you said, I'm not going to be like this all the rest of my life. Now they got an attitude with you. You just think you're all that. Baby, I read the book. And when I read that book, he told me he made me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, always overcoming, never being overcome. Here's verse 10. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. If war breaks out, they're going to join our enemies and fight against us. So here's the, here's the third scar. They're mistreated without cause. There's no reason to be that way with them. But because they're feared for potential, they're mistreated without cause. They're mistreated without cause. Anybody in here ever been mistreated without cause? Well, folk got an issue with you, they don't even know you. People talking about you don't even know you. People lying on you don't even know you. I guess I'm the only one that's been mistreated without cause before. But when you're mistreated without cause, it can, watch this, it can be a very deep scar because you now develop a distrust for everybody. I don't trust nobody. 
And so you walking around talking about the marathon continues and it's just you and all of that. <laughs> I can't trust nobody. These folks ain't loyal. And the problem is, is that now you begin to do what's done to you. I need you to stay with me. You begin to do what's done with you. So now, because you've been mistreated without cause, watch me. I'm, finna, I'm, coming, I'm coming for you. This ain't for your neighbor. I'm coming for you. You ready? So now you have an attitude in advance. You walk in a room with an attitude. Yeah, I know they saying something about me. Baby, don't nobody pay that much attention to you. Other women don't understand me. This is why I don't get along with other women. Because somebody mistreated you without cause. So now you have a preemptive attitude. You have an attitude in advance. Fellas, you'll say, oh, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about all that. I don't know about what you don't know. I don't know. Well, can we get some actual substance? Well, what's your issue? I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I got a feeling. Well, the last time you had a feeling, you live by feelings, my God, you'll, you, you, you'll fail all the time. Feelings will fool you. Jesus' feelings told him, don't go to the cross. <laughs> and he said, nevertheless, not my will. My will is to not die for these people. I don't even know them like that. You get what I'm saying? Of course he did. All right, watch this. Watch verse 11. I got to finish. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. So here's the fourth scar, is they're afflicted with heavy burdens. You always are expected to carry more than other people. So the scar of it becomes, watch this, why don't they have to do nothing? Why doesn't she have to go through some stuff? Why don't they get the same hand I was dealt? Can I just help you finally deal with that scar? You were given the hand you were given because God knew he could trust you with it. And he knew that you would take a bad hand and he knew that you would play it well. So there's no need for you crying, being upset, being mad. Instead, you better take that hand and play it. Somebody say, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. Stop complaining about being a single mom. God knew you could do the job or two. Stop complaining about being a single dad. God knew you could do the job or two. Stop complaining about what happened in your family. God knew that you could be a Joseph and be the interruption. Come here to the dysfunction in your bloodline. Here it is. I got to finish. He says, they built for Pharaoh's store cities, Pithom and Ramses. So here's the next scar is that they're always busy but not productive. How does that become a scar? It becomes a scar because now you don't expect to win. Ah, you don't expect to make progress. You don't expect to get anywhere. You don't expect to get anything. So you're literally, when you wake up in your day, you're just trying to get through it. You ain't trying to get nothing from it. I curse complacency at its root. I curse, watch this, us being satisfied at its root. Nothing wrong with being content, but I stir something on the inside of you that expects more out of your day. You're going to make the day give you some fruit. You're going to make the day give you some productivity. No longer will you just be busy, but you're going to be productive. If you stand in agreement with that, somebody shout, I agree. Verse 12, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread about. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. Amazingly, throughout all these scars, they were still there. Throughout all your scars, what's amazing is that you're still here. The issue, though, is that you have healed incompletely. Scarred people scar people. 
Hurting people hurt people. Angry people make people angry. You want to know why it's so difficult for you to accept other people? Because you haven't accepted you. I'm talking to somebody. But today. But today. Listen, can you just stir the, the faith of your row real quick and just say everybody on this row is getting free today. No, 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 no. And I only got two minutes, so I need you to get this. Just say it one more time. Say, everybody on my row is being healed completely today. No more scars. Shout if you believe it. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking, Bishop, why you got us saying all this stuff? Life and death on the power of the tongue which means you are seeing what you've been saying. You're going to have to learn how to speak life into your own life. You're going to learn how to learn how to call things to be not as though they were. Verse 14, here it is. And they made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and all kinds of work in the field and the work they made them ruthlessly workers' lives. After all the scars, here's the one that's lasted the longest, bitterness. Bitterness is the residue of a painful experience. So the worst thing that they did was they got them bitter. Because when you're bitter, it happened 15 years ago. You're the one still mad about it. When you're bitter, you're still, watch this. You look at people through the lenses of bitterness. Is there anybody in there where you can be honest, there's some areas where you still got a little bit, a little bit of bitterness. Just tell the truth. Somebody say, tell the truth, saying the devil. And here's the problem, y'all. Scars keep you from going far. And watch this. And the process to be healed should have taken 11 days, according to Deuteronomy 1 and 2. But it took them 40 years because healing is a choice. Whoa. I did some study because I could have taken the message one or two ways. Because I could have said, well, scars are good because you can show other people that they're still here. But the problem is a scar is something that didn't fully heal. And so now it's got a fibrous tissue that's faking like a healing, but it's not a healing. So I discovered, I discovered Jesus the Christ. I discovered, watch this. I discovered that scars can actually be healed. Even on your body. Scars can actually disappear if they're handled the right way, if they're treated the right way. I says, can we take a two-minute journey to get you some aloe vera? I got one witness. Now, I can stop right here and finish that 11 thing. Can I get two? I got two. Can I get three? I got three. Can I get four? Can I get four, 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 five? Okay, watch this. Watch this. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. Watch what God says he does to heal them. Now, you got a choice. Say, I have a choice. You have a choice. And that choice is that you can get it done today and be good. Because people say, but it takes time. It does. But hadn't it been long enough, though? You know what Jesus told Judas? He said, do what you do quickly. He said, hurry up. I was saying that's what he said, but that's cool for you to say it, too. Jesus said, hurry up, Judas, he said, because I need to heal from this before I die. He said, hurry up, because I can't take this bitterness on the cross. So do it fast so that I can get to Calvary, because I need to save the world. And you're ticking me off with how long you're taking. Show your hand. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. I feel something in here. I feel freedom in here. I feel victory in here. I sense healing all in the atmosphere. Somebody say healing's in the room. 
Deuteronomy 8.2, and you should remember the way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years. Watch this. Here's the first thing you need to know about the healing process. It feels lonely. Why? Because it's your healing. Your mama don't have that scar. You do. Your daddy don't have that scar. You do. Watch this, husband and wife. Your spouse doesn't have that scar. You do. So it feels lonely. So the first way you know you're on your path of healing is because you feel like you're the only one on the path. Is there anybody that can thank God that, watch this, I just answered why you felt by yourself. And you can still be around people and still feel by yourself. It's because God says, this is between me and you. Watch this. I got to finish it. That he might humble you. Wow, that's the next thing he does. He says, not only do you feel by yourself, he says, but I need to humble you. Which means there's some things, there's some luxuries woo, that you're used to. There's some accoutrements that you're used to. There's some stuff that you're used to. There's some treatment that you're used to. There's some stuff you're used to. And he said, I got to take all of that away when I'm healing you. He says, because I need you to realize stuff can't make you. I need you to realize people can't make you. I need you to realize money can't make you. Is there anybody that can give God glory? Watch this, that he's been humbling you because some of what you thought you needed, it was gone. But you're still standing and you're... Watch the next one. Watch this. So I can see what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep my commandments. So here's what he did. He, so the next thing he does to heal you is he tests your obedience. He says, you're going to feel by yourself. There's some stuff you think you need you're not going to have. Leave that verse up. And he says, what I'm going to do is he says, I'm going to test you to see whether or not you're going to do what I say. Can I be honest with you? Many people who are in chronic issues, can I just tell you the real truth? Okay, y'all don't want the truth. I forgot I'm in America. Let me lie to you. <laughs> Let me lie. Everything, everything's going to be fine. You just keep thinking good thoughts. Can I tell you the truth? For some of you who are in very chronic issues, can I be honest? I said, Lord, why do some people in chronic stuff? He said, son, you've seen it up close and personal. He said, they don't listen. Now, I know y'all ain't going to say amen right there. That's cool. That's cool. He said, son, if they have problems listening to human authority, he said, certainly they don't listen to what I say. See how quiet it just got in the room? I need you, watch this, that when the word says jump, you and I jump. When the word says sat down, we sat down. He said, I, he said, your healing is connected to your ability to obey. That's deep, right? He's like, Lord, heal us. He's like, you don't listen. Listen, Linda. Honey, listen. YouTube it. God is like, you don't listen. That's why you're still mad that he left you. You don't listen. That's why you're still mad that they betrayed you. You don't listen. Because if you were listening to me, watch this. He said, I, I, I was showing you something you didn't want to see, but you don't want to listen. You don't want to come to church and listen. You just want to come to church and feel good. Oh, but I need you to just do your role one more time and just say, but we're the listening role. We're the listening role. Can you pray this with me? Say, God, give me the grace to obey. Say it like you mean to say, God, give me the grace to obey your word. Say, not my will, but your will be done in my life. I, I got to finish it. I got to finish it. Verse 3. He humbled you and let you hunger. Woo! And fed you with manna, which you didn't know. Nor your fathers knew that he could make, watch this, make you know man doesn't live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. So what's the next thing he does when he's healing you? He changes your appetite. 
You want to know what I found out? They say is one of the ways that you can heal a scar. A new diet will help you heal. Y'all ain't saying that to me. For some of you, what's been happening, the reason you don't feel like yourself is because God says you're not that you anymore. I've changed your diet. You don't desire the same stuff. You don't desire the same issues. You don't desire the same type of relationships. You don't desire the same type of drama. You don't desire the same type of conversations. I changed your diet so I can heal your scar. Would you say, thank you, Lord? I got to finish. God, I'm out of time. Verse 4. Your clothing didn't wear out and your foot didn't swell these 40 years. This is the end of Egypt coming out of them. And this is what he says he did. He says, he says, I says, so you could know in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. Here's the last two things God does to heal you. I'm giving you a lot. You got to get the podcast and YouTube and Facebook. All right? Watch me. And at 1115, I can really preach it. Stay with me. Watch this. Just you stay right there until I say stop. Look, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, you needed to learn. You could make it without what you thought you needed. Part of healing is not having. Part of healing is making it without what you thought you needed. He said this whole time, he said, your shoes didn't wear out. He said, but I didn't get you no new ones. He says, and your foot didn't swell. Now, can you imagine? They didn't have this good stuff we got now. They had some, some, some flats with, with straps. You know they lived in Denver because they wore them flat sandals with them straps. In the middle of the winter, which I'm not against. I'm doing a winter protest too. No socks. Well, baby socks. Watch this. Like baby shark. Okay, watch this. Here's the last thing, and this is where we're going we're gonna to quit because of my time. He says, part of your healing is that you're going to have to learn how to make it without what you think you need. I'm going to say that again. Part of your healing is you're going to have to make it without what you think you need. Because what it's going to do is it's going to ensure that blood is flowing to that part of you so that it can heal you. Got it? Wherever there's a cut, what happens? Blood gushes out. Why does blood gush out? Because blood is going to that area to what? Heal it. Ah. But here's the last thing, church. Y'all ready, 915? Y'all ready, 915? Y'all ready, 915? That's why we got to have sound effects. Here's the last thing he said in that verse. He says, I love this verse. He says, verse 5, that you would know in your heart as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. What's the last thing God did to heal them? He gave them security. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He said, proof that I'm your daddy is that I checked you. Because you used to sit up and say, who going to check me, boo? And God says, me. So what did he do? He checked you. And he says, but watch this. That should make you feel secure. I'm your father. I haven't given up on you. I haven't thrown you away. I'm your daddy. Would you just look at somebody on your left and your right and say, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? 
He says, I'm your daddy. That's what the word Abba means, which means, watch this, I will check you when I want to. I'll correct you when I want to. I'll take you up when I want to. He says, you belong to me. I belong to you. You are my son. You are my daughter. And part of your healing is you need to feel secure. Insecure people are unaffirmed people, and unaffirmed people are dangerous people because they're searching for it. Somebody tell me I look nice. Somebody tell me I did a good job. Somebody tell me, somebody tell me something. Somebody tell me something. And God says, my way to heal you, my children, is I checked you. And proof that I love you is that I checked you. Say, God loves me. Let me tell you how you know. Because when you was thinking some stuff, he creeped on up in your head. You was talking about, so I creep, and he creeped on in your head. Like, you bet not. You bet, I'm not even going to like you. You ain't going to be able to like the thoughts. You're, gonna, you're not even going to be able to think that way. You're not going to be able to act that way. Who am I talking to? Well, watch this. You started making plans, and God says, let me break your plans up because I'm not going to let you go back. I love you too much. Ah, I'm out of time. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're in here today and you don't know Jesus, well, I pray that today has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. 
They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.